up y'all it's sassy back with another therapy session in my sanctuary all right before i start y'all that beat was fucking fire like y'all can't even fucking lie <laughs> nah but um i'd like to give a huge thank you and shout out to jahi because without him that beat would not have been possible. I wouldn't have found that person who made the beat for me. So thank you. And also a shout out to Usama who made that fire fucking beat for me. Um, you know, I'm beyond satisfied. So thank you very much. And I'll definitely be a returning customer. Now <laughs> we can start. Let's get into it. So today I want to dive into something that's been one of my biggest insecurities throughout life. It's not anything physical as you may think, because I know I'm fucking delicious. <laughs> it more so has to do with my identity as a person, how I'm perceived, how I talk, think, react, and communicate with others more specifically how I do these things in Spanish. You know, people would say that my first language was Spanish, but I never really understood that or identified with it. I'm first generation Mexican-American and I was third and youngest child in my family. Growing up, I had my brother and my sister who were four and five years older than me. I would strictly speak English with them. So from the moment I could speak, the majority of what I spoke was English because I communicated more with my siblings and I mostly spoke English to my parents too because they understood me. That's kind of why like, I'm confused whenever people say that my first language was Spanish because I don't remember a moment when my Spanish was my strongest language. I, I don't remember speaking Spanish fluently in my entire life up until like my adult life right now. But even then it's questionable. <laughs> But yeah, um, in my experience, before I even began school, I mostly learned speech through communication with my brother and sister and the cartoons my mom would put on for me. But, you know, I would communicate with my parents in English because they understood me and my siblings and they never forced us to speak Spanish. The only people I had to learn Spanish from was my parents but since it was so easy just to communicate in English with them, that's what I did. When I first started school, the teachers noticed that I had a speech impediment. I couldn't say the letter R. I said things like wabbit, the color wed, things like that. It was so fucking embarrassing, y'all. I hated, I absolutely hated whenever people would point it out. So I went to speech therapy at school and it was the best experience ever. The teacher was so nice. She had this like 
magic wand with glitter that she would wave around like a fairy godmother and she gave us candy that was like my favorite part because you know i was like a fat ass little kid <laughs> and you know that really motivated me to try my best to learn how to properly talk and after a while of being in that class she said that i was doing well and that i didn't need speech therapy anymore i was low-key kind of sad because i really wanted to get out of class and get some laffy taffies <laughs> you know i'd pull up back to class feeling like hot shit because everyone else didn't have laffy taffies but i did you know <laughs> so yeah that was um when i could finally roll my r's and i was really proud of that that was like my first experience with speech that made me kind of shy and insecure to talk so after learning how to overcome my speech impediment i was more confident in english but Spanish was still very embarrassing to try to speak. Mostly because I went to schools where no one spoke Spanish. My first school was predominantly black. My second school was predominantly Hispanic, but it was in Texas. So like most of the kids didn't know like a Spanish because their families have been there for generations. My third school was a mix between I would say like 55% black, 30% white, 15% Hispanic. But the kids there, you know, their Spanish was trash too, so they were embarrassed to speak it. And I moved a couple other times, so it was kind of difficult for me to like make friends um, with people who identified with me as far as being Mexican-American. I remember this one time in school, there was a substitute and there was these two kids speaking Spanish together and the substitute told them to speak English and that they shouldn't speak Spanish because she couldn't understand them. And this was in middle school, so these kids got really disrespectful really quick. I mean, for a good reason, but like, you know. So the principal got involved and I don't exactly remember what happened after that, but just to see these authority figures scolding kids like me had a huge effect on my view of the American school system and how the US works in general. That experience in itself made me question a lot. Should I not speak Spanish because it makes other people uncomfortable? Does it make others think that I'm talking about them? Is it not okay to practice my Spanish in an English-speaking country? You know, I already had the disadvantage of not knowing many people to practice speaking it with other than my family, but now I felt insecure to try to practice it because it might be viewed negatively. I feel like in order to get better at any language, it's crucial to indulge yourself in the culture, surround yourself with the language, practice it every day, watch television in that language, you know, things like that. 
It's the only way I think you can actually improve and become fluent. Since that wasn't really an option other than when we took trips to Mexico, it was kind of difficult to improve my Spanish. Although we only went to Mexico once or twice a year, growing up, Hispanic culture was something that I very much appreciated and was very grateful for. You know, the food experiences I've had, y'all, from the tacos, the chilaquiles, huaraches from Cuautitlan, some empanadas at the beach in Oaxaca that were so flaky and filled with soft buttery potato and chorizo that had a bit of smokiness and spices so flavorful that they made me hunt down the lady with the basket that I bought them from to get like a dozen more. Like that shit was such an advantage to have a life full of seasonings and flavor where almost every dish has like some variety of garlic, onions, peppers, meat, tortillas, rice, beans, and chicken bouillon. <laughs> you know, everything in, a, in Hispanic culture, in a sense, has seasoning. The music, growing up especially. There was such a variety of music genres from Mexican rock, like El Tri, to the iconic merengue classics, El Baile del Viper, or Elvis Crespo Suavemente, to Las Cumbias de Los Angeles Azules, to the typical quinceanera soundtrack of Tiempo de Vals by Cheyenne, or that song that finally gets everyone on the dance floor after that long ass list of padrinos passed, Caballo Dorado. And also the comforting emotion emotional banda songs from La Arrolladora or Grupo Firme that are perfect for a heartbreak tequila drinking karaoke night. Or even everyone's favorite pop stars in the early 2000s like Shakira, Enrique Iglesias, Rebelde, to what is now popular, El Perro Intenso, of course, that originated with Rakimi Kenwai, Wisini Yandel, Tego Calderon, Daddy Yankee, that inspired the new generation of reggaeton, with the biggest Latin artist of our time being Bad Bunny. I'm actually very proud to be Mexican and to have the privilege to know Spanish because it opens up so many more opportunities to meet and connect with people. And even though I've always been fond of my culture and language, I struggled with embracing the reality of how difficult it was to accept the judgment that came with not being 100% fluent. This was especially difficult to native speaking family members. Mexicans have this special way of making fun of anything and everything. 
that's how my family is and I'm a very sensitive person so whenever I would get laughed at for messing up a word or pronouncing something wrong it would make me feel embarrassed to try to correct it this made me hesitant to communicate especially to native speakers and whenever my family would go visit Mexico my relatives always had something to say regarding my Spanish. They would call me gringa, which is a term referring to white Americans. And it's something that has actually brought me to tears out of just pure frustration because, you know, I'm genuinely out here trying my best with what I'm working with. And in their eyes, it didn't seem like something that would affect me or hurt me. They just saw it as a joke, but it made me nervous to speak in Spanish, which in turn made me stutter a lot. To this day, whenever I speak Spanish to native speakers and family, I have to think twice before letting something come out of my mouth, which makes me stutter, making it even easier for people to make fun of the way I speak. But being bad at things at first and making mistakes is inevitable. But it's the only real way to learn. That's the reason why most people don't master a skill. It's because they don't want to face that initial humiliation of not knowing how to do something and not being good at it. You know, we give up as soon as something gets difficult or... We become embarrassed, ashamed, disappointed, or frustrated with the outcome. These feelings become even more antagonizing when we experience another person's criticism or ridicule. When a person makes fun of us, we automatically get defensive and try our best not to repeat what made us feel so humiliated. That's exactly the reason why, as a child, I didn't want to speak Spanish. It was so embarrassing because I wasn't good at it. I had to speak in Spanglish to complete my sentences, and I was only getting half of my point across. And in the process, I would get made fun of for not knowing enough vocabulary. The reality is that since I was born in the U.S., and from the moment I was born, I was surrounded by the English language. The vast majority of my vocabulary and knowledge is in English. I think in English, sometimes Spanglish, and, you know, I dream in English. I went to school where things were taught in English. We studied grammar, pronunciation, math, science, history, all the subjects in English. And in the United States, it's not required by schools to be fluent in any other language other than English. Yeah, in high school, you need like those two little foreign language credits. But let's be honest, Peach County High School isn't the best at enforcing academic quality. Like nobody actually graduates being fluent in any other language because of school. 
so yes all those years of socializing is how i've come to know how to properly communicate read and write in english it makes me wonder sometimes how much i would have learned if somehow i simultaneously had a mexican education and an american one too i probably would have been like a lot smarter considering you know in mexico they teach you how to do math without a calculator that shit would would have been dope because i can't do math for shit but yeah so there was this post i saw on twitter that said Someone with broken English likely knows every single word that you know, but in a different language. They literally know tens of thousands of more words than you. Think about that next time you question someone's intelligence for struggling with the only language you know. And y'all, I fucking resonated with that shit so much. Like, I was like, damn, she's speaking facts. (laughs) And it wasn't because, it wasn't only because I feel like I sound so dumb in Spanish and in English I have, you know, a broader vocabulary, but also because Americans have very little patience when it comes to someone who doesn't speak English. I've witnessed it so much and it's so sad to watch someone try their best to communicate to a privileged american who feels so entitled that they think that english should be a universal language when you know visiting a different country or whatever the case may be that shit pisses me off especially when they especially when americans visit a different country like they always expect somebody to speak english it's like y'all Y'all could have fucking looked that shit up, you know, y'all, anyways, let's not, that's a whole different podcast. Anyways, one of my closest friends actually has experienced this, um, plenty of times, actually. She's Japanese and she's worked in hotels and bars and resorts where rich Americans go and just make her feel like shit because... They get frustrated expecting her English to be perfect. She also worked at a resort in Bora Bora. And on that island, the language people speak is French. And I can't tell y'all how many times we FaceTimed and she seemed so sad because of the language barrier and how difficult it was to, you know, just connect with people and make friends because of the language barrier another person that has experienced it is my mom as a 24 year old my mom came to the u.s with two toddlers leaving her family and everything she knew behind for a better opportunity for her children I asked her why she never became fluent in English and she told me that it's because she had to tend to her children and she didn't have anyone to socialize with because she didn't know anyone and she couldn't go out to make friends because, you know, she had to be a stay-at-home mom. She was just isolated. 
She also didn't want to be judged for trying and being made fun of. You know, my mom is a very sensitive person and she's also very introverted. So these qualities make it very difficult for her to put herself in a vulnerable position to learn from mistakes. My dad, however, is the complete opposite. He had to learn how to put his pride aside and get money however he could. And his glowing personality that wins people over with his smile and unique way to naturally make anyone laugh helped him along the way. He's told me before, de vergüenza no se come. And that roughly translates to, from shame, there's no eating. What I interpreted as, if you're ashamed or embarrassed to find a way to make money, it's not going to bring any food to the table. As a 14-year-old, he crossed the border and risked his own life getting into trouble and not knowing what was to come of it. But somehow, he managed to learn the language, work his ass off for 60 hours, you know, 60-hour weeks in the fields, eventually learning how to do construction as a carpenter. And along the way, he learned how to do many other handyman type of skills, like framing, brick, roofing, and even long hours as a truck driver on the road and acquiring many other trades, just like a sponge. After years of hard work, he became his own boss as the owner of a construction company in Columbus. It had finally paid off, leaving his home country to follow the American dream and successfully building a life of his own, setting up stability for future generations. My dad is an example of starting from nothing and building his own reality regardless of the limitations set before him. Having a person like him in my life to look up to and having a mom so selfless and caring is something that I'm beyond grateful to God for. You know, many times I've felt like giving up and that feeling in itself made me feel so privileged because even the thought of giving up was never an option for them. Language barrier or not, they got that shit done. And that is my inspiration. And moving forward in life, you know, I'll try my best not to complain on my journey to reach my goals because I know I'm privileged. So... It is up to me to set myself up for success and create my own reality. I'm grateful for what God has given me and I look forward to what he has in store for me in the future. And yeah, that's all I have for (laughs) y'all. But thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll also be releasing the Spanish version of this episode soon, so be on the lookout for that. 
and please feel free to send me any feedback you know let me know what you thought about this podcast i hope to have y'all back for the next episode deuces